Welcome to the Brandon New Podcast. I'm your host, Carly Lyon, and I'm dedicated to helping individuals elevate their personal brand, proactively shape their reputation, and attract the life and career they dream of. I interview leading creative professionals, communication experts, and social media gurus in a bid to uncover practical and cutting-edge personal branding strategies for you to apply. All sessions are recorded in front of a real audience asking real questions. If you want to learn more, please feel free to visit my website, carlylion.com, and discover other ways we can work together. For now, let's start the class. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you so much for tuning in for this very exciting episode of the Branding New Podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I like to describe myself as a former international personal publicist turned personal branding coach. And today I'm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and executives shape, manage, and elevate their personal brand so that they're visible in all of the right ways and in all of the right places. And what better way to become visible and heard than to launch a book and use that as a bit of a magnet, a bit of a platform to get your voice and your ideas out there. And when I was thinking about, well, who do I speak to around this topic? I happened to come across the work of Kelly Irving. And what really got me intrigued was looking at all of the books that she had worked on and how many of the names that I recognized and admired out there in the marketplace. So I was very quick to reach out to Kelly and I'm very, very excited to have her on the show today. So as a quick intro and a bit of a formal bio, if you like, Kelly is an experienced publishing strategist and developmental editor, which I'm definitely going to be asking about. She's an expert at helping trailblazers and thought leaders write and publish their books. She has many books in the top 100 business book lists in Australia. And another amazing stat, she has never had a book pitch rejected by a publisher. So to say that she is one of Australia's leading book coaches, book writing coaches, book everything coaches, uh, would be the understatement of the century. So I'm thrilled to have Kelly here. Hello, Kelly. Thanks, How are Kelly. You? Thank you for that warm welcome. It's quite humbling listening to someone read that back about yourself. <laughs> I know. Well, that's a sign of a great bio. And it's good that you can smile when you hear your bio because... <laughs> Sometimes people aren't as happy when they when they hear their career spoken back to them in a few paragraphs, but it's good that you enjoyed that. And it's just obviously a testament to your career and all of the things that you've done. Thank you. Thank you. So I've got lots of, I mean, I've literally got four pages of questions in front of me and we'll get through as, as much as I can or we can in the time that you have allocated. And I will start straight off by telling you a bit of a confession. So the confession is, as I'm sure you hear this all the time, I am writing a book or at least attempting to write a book or trying to get a a proposal in in place. So not only am I coming at these questions through my own lens of, well, how do I do this? So I've got lots of personally invested questions here. I'm also coming at this conversation knowing that the vast majority of the people that I speak to and the clients that I work with, they they know they have a book in them. They know it's something they want to do, but they're so incredibly daunted by the process and they have this perspective of, well, yeah, I'm seeing all of these amazing people launch books and write books, but I don't think I could ever be one of those people. So I'm hoping in the conversation today that we can really dispel that and and offer them new pathways and new ideas to show them that they can. Everyone can write a book. And I don't know if you believe in the idea that everyone has a book in them, but I do. <laughs> uh, it's a good question, actually. It is one that comes up a bit when I when I go on to um podcast and actually I don't believe everybody has a book in them but I do believe everybody has stories within them and I guess the difference is that 
you know, it, it, especially as someone who has an area of expertise, you've got a lot of people telling you you should write a book. Yeah. I could tell you in 20 minutes exactly what you should write and how you should write it, but the one thing I can never give you is why you should write it because you're the person who has to sit down and do the work. So unless there's an internal motivator there, then, you know, for some people writing a book just isn't going to be a thing. Um, so I think that's a really key difference for me. Um, and, yeah, and, and I think everybody has stories, but whether those stories will end up in books is a is a different question. I, I'm really happy that you challenged me on that. And it brings me back to our first conversation when we had our first chat. You absolutely said that it's not, you know, when you come to writing a book, you really have to look at it like it's a product in and of itself. Is that right? Have I got your words yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. So I'm all about myth busting. <laughs> like, I love how we've started going into this, you know, like I, I think the issue is for business people, consultants, uh, anyone who's writing a non-fiction book based on their experience or their stories, their lessons and learnings from their career. The issue is that you're being sold that you should write a book to position yourself as an expert in your field. Mm. So that for me is not why you write a book. Mm. It is the result of writing a good book. Mm. Um, and, and so I think with some of these things, that it's about flipping it. So in the product, you know, the same vein, you're told you should write a book to get that credibility, to position yourself as the expert out there in the market um, and that it is the biggest marketing tool that you can have. So you'll hear some people describe it as the business card with thud value, you know, like you yeah. walk in to an office and you throw it on the desk and, you you know, it's not like giving a card, you get this yeah. big lump as it hits a desk. Okay, so for me, a book is not a marketing tool. It's a product and it's a really big difference. It is a product of you, your business, your work, everything that you've done throughout however many years, and it sits within an ecosystem of you. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, sure, like going through the process, you show up, you do the work, I will 100% guarantee you will get a book at the end of it. But what you don't see at the, the, you know, at this point is all the stuff that's going to happen along the way through that process. And so for me, the process and where the real value is in writing a book is it, it influences how you speak, how you sell yourself, what services you put together, what products you put together, because you're working on your entire business message through that process. And that's why it's a product. Because I've had, you know, everybody who goes through the process will change their website, how they brand themselves. I've had people change, you know, like their whole, the, you know, the names of their company, how they present themselves. Um, you see this guy behind me, I'm going to his book launch on Friday, which I'm actually yeah. talking myself about because the Governor General's going. <laughs> um, he, he, uh, Commodore Peter Scott, he, you know, when he started this book, you know, he had nothing. He had no web presence. He had nothing. Now. When I received a copy of his book the other day, he's got this awesome paper. He's got a logo. The logo matches with what's on his book. He's got this website. He's got a name which resonates in in uh, was it in depth, which is to yeah. do with the book is running deep. He's a submariner, so it's all about the water. Just so all okay. these threads start interlinking, um, and I think. For me, that's where all the value is and that's why you have to realise it's something way bigger than just a marketing tool. Um, it is a connection point like you never even experience because people will be able to get a sense of what you actually do. So if I read your book, I'll be able to say, oh, I know exactly what I'm hiring Carly for. Yes. Right, because right. there's a process or a framework in there. I know exactly. Like it's so different from a brochure or a one pager or a conversation. It it is actually. I take this away from um, uh, a network contact that I have that I work with in the US. Um, yeah. You know, she talks. It is an automatic elevator platform elevator and yeah. it is but it's yeah. deeper than just being a marketing tool because it is that product that's why people do it again back to that you know being sold everybody's telling you it's going to elevate your credibility and 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 all of that kind of thing but you just uh 
there it's it's at a depth that you know in a much deeper level than you'd ever thought possible um it is the result of going through that working process um mm. and i think that that's a really important point because it is a you know it is a long form piece of writing and for a lot of people it is daunting it is overwhelming because no one's written yeah. You know, we haven't, haven't been shown how to write a book before. Um, and, and you know, it's so interesting for me when I look at, you know, it's quite humbling when you introduce me to hear that back about how you describe me because the people I work with, you know, going back to Peter Scott, you know, he was like the head of the Navy for like 40 years and not just the Navy but the elite submariner arm. So this guy has like, it took me months to to find out the fact yeah. that he drove his submarine into the continental shelf. And I was like, it took me months to find out that fact. I was like, oh my God, we are leading with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the myth, you know, these these people, like these things that you've done, the mere thought of writing that in a book is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. It yeah, really no, I, undo the smartest people that you've ever, you know, ever kind of experienced in your hemisphere. Um, yeah, I completely understand. And I want to dig just a second, Kelly. I want to dig on this, what you're saying around, well, it's not just a business card. It's a product done to itself. And I absolutely also love the idea that, going through and writing a book and and dedicating yourself to exploring your thought processes on such a deep level can also completely transform how you do things, why you do things and, and the way you do them. Firstly, it makes sense to me when you say think of it like a product. Are you saying and it also energetically and the intention of it, it really needs to be able to sit and stand alone in terms of its offering to the reader? Mm, nice question. I think the best way to explain it is almost um, touching on the process of writing a book in a little bit of a way because the thing, this is like probably the biggest thing that people get wrong is on the process, which is you've got to start with why you want to do it in the first place. Um, <clears throat> so people will answer that, well, I want to get the credibility and I want to get more this and more that more reach yeah so that's not specific enough it's not a strategy so a book as a tool as a product any product that you're launching needs to have a strategy behind it mm. and you need to envision what you're going to actually do with this product when it's in your hands in say 12 months time but how are you going to be using it mm. as a tool right um because it's still your job as an author to find your readers it's still your job to put your book into your readers' hands. We don't just launch products and wait for, you know, it's like creating an online business and having all these products online and then just waiting for the orders yeah. to flood in. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't no, work like that. No. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of this is, like I don't profess to being any kind of business coach, but I do bring a business brain to a book. Yeah. As that product, it needs to complement what you're doing in your business and that's the strategic piece so yeah. often how you're viewing or working through the strategy for your business will actually complement how you approach your book and if you are having any issues with actually honing your message honing who you're talking to who your ideal clients are that's going to be the first thing you're working on mm. when you work through that book process and, and so if you Think about that. That's why when you go through the process, why it's so valuable to go through it because, mm. yes, you'll get that outlet, the book product at the end, but you've worked on your entire business message. So hopefully that, um, you know, puts puts the business message kind of yeah. thing in context. It makes complete sense. And so what I'm hearing is, as much as you might be sitting within your business and going, oh, a, writing a book would be a great strategy for my business, that thinking has to go the other way around as well where you're sitting when you're thinking about what that book's about. It's almost seeing the book as a mini business unto itself and thinking very clearly about 
Who is going to read it? What's the purpose? Where are you going to sell it? How are you going to sell it? And that in itself will bring the benefits that come back to your business. So yeah. it's a, it's a, you use the word ecosystem, which beautifully sums that up. Yep. And I think, um, so, so the question of why is a tricky one because people think that they can answer that really quickly, but it probably trips people up the most. But equally, it doesn't be a, have to be as hard as you think. So a really good why might be, you know what, in 12 months' time, um, I'm trying to get into a particular organisation or industry and I, I want to develop this program where I'm going in and working with the leadership team, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're thinking about that workshop that you're going to deliver, you're thinking about how can my book help me get into that organisation with yeah. that type of client, what is the issue I'm solving for them and and what is that framework that I'm going to be used when I'm going to go in and run this workshop? Mm. That's a really clear strategic goal. Um, and, and, it, and, so it's sim- and it's simple, right? So for a lot yeah. of people it might be uh, I want to put my products online because I'm, you know, I'm kind of busy with all my one-to-one coaching. I want to do one-to-many um, in my pipeline, I'm thinking about putting together a course. So your book could complement your course materials. Yes. Uh, you know, things like that. So it can actually yeah. be a lot more specific than people yeah. think. They try and do all the things. Yes. Um, and it doesn't have to be set in stone, like it will tweak and change as you go through it, but it's just setting out, okay, where do I actually want to be in my business in 12 months and how could my book help me get there? How can my book help me talk to those ideal clients? Um, what is that problem that I'm solving for them? Uh, where's their pain point? How can I use my book as that tool to, to to develop that so they, when they get it in their hands, they know exactly what I do, yes. know exactly what I'm going to come in and help them with um, and, and working backwards almost from there. And now we're obviously talking about non-fiction. I mean, my audience is very much entrepreneurs and executives who would be writing business books. Your bio clearly positions you as someone who is helping thought leaders to create business books. So this is a very specific genre, right? And yeah, it is. But I'd also say, so non-fiction for me, there's kind of I guess there's three real types of book and, and, and this is why even, even though you're not setting yourself up to be an author, yeah. right, as in a full-time writer, yes. right? your, your book is still a part of what you're going to do. It's not yeah. going to be the only thing you're going to do. Yes. But you still have to understand you are entering into the publishing industry mm. and you need to understand how that industry operates so that you can navigate within it and guess the best outcomes for yourself. And I think people miss that. Yes. Because, and there, there's a real gap in the marketplace for me here because you can go to like um, the CAE in Melbourne and do a creative writing course and you can go to like the Authors Association or the Writers' Centre here, blah, 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 and you can learn the craft or you might pick up a piece about, I don't know, pitching or something like that, but it it, it doesn't really encapsulate the business aspect of this. Yeah. Yeah. So you've kind of got writers, professional writers on one side, and then you kind of got business people on the other. Yeah. And you need to have an understanding of and that marrying of the two, which is really where I come in. Um, and so for me, a business book is kind of like your classic. Yeah. But then you'll also find, you know, um, more people writing maybe like they want it they it's a bit less businessy but it's more that self-development kind of field you know we would have yep. called self-help yep. back in the day but people hate self-help now it's all about developing yourself yep. and bettering yourself so it's a bit of a crossover yep. and then there's memoir which is really interesting right I, I think memoir works really well if you're a speaker okay, okay? if you're if you've got a story to share standing up on stage and that is a key part of your business then a narrative is obviously going to work much better for you to put together um but memoirs are difficult yeah yeah um and I think where a lot of people go wrong is they go oh my god this uh, this traumatic amazing thing happened to me in my life and I need to share it with other people so that they can learn from it 
Um, and so when you're writing any kind of personal story, it can be really cathartic. Yes. And you still have to realise that commercial viability of a book. Mm-hmm. So you still have to realise that, it, yes, it's your story, but it's a story being written for someone else. Yes. It's a really key difference. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. You can even feel energetically the difference there. It's not so much this is just what happened to me, this is, uh, you know, this is what I learned, this is this is what happened to me, this is what I learned, and this is what you can take away. 100%. And, and any, like, I think people, you know, yeah, I don't work in fiction, fiction's my playground. But even fiction books are commercial. Yes. Right? It's not about I've got this great idea, these characters, blah, blah, blah. You have to understand how the marketplace operates. You have to understand what consumers are buying, what they want, and you need to deliver on that. And that's why it takes fiction authors, you know, people who are setting themselves up in a lot of cases to be professional authors, it takes them to get there. Yeah. Because they're not, they're writing a book to be sold. They're writing a book to be sold in it by a publisher. Yeah. So there's a very key difference between a book that's going to help you with yeah. your platform and your reach and create, you know, get yeah. that 100 grand contract, whether with an organization. Yeah. And a book that a publisher has an audience and a market for and can sell in a general kind yes. of sort of walk yeah. into Kmart or whatever. Yeah, so a lot of people that. will go, oh, I'd love to, you know, I want to see my book on the Kmart bookshelf or in Big W and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. Do your readers, you know, primarily people who are looking for business books, blah, 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 do they shop in Kmart for business books? Yeah. So there's all of these different facets, but I, you know, coming back to your point of, or there's one that it might be one genre, but that there's subsections to that and deciding what kind of subsection you want to fit into goes back to, well, what's the overall strategy? What's the overall purpose? What's the overall why? My God, I've got so many questions, but I I just realized in all of this, because I just jumped straight in. I haven't asked you how you actually got into this. And I think that that's important just as context, why you're doing this. Like, what's your why and yeah. how did it, you come to that? Um, well, the short, short answer is, I guess, uh, I've had a varied kind of background. Um, I traveled a lot. I After school, I was a graphic designer. So I always think, you know, when you trace back and you look at threads, I'm like, you know, in some kind of form or another, I've always kind of worked in publishing, even though it hasn't been in publishing. Yeah. So I worked for a record company in the UK and it was kind of like proofreading and the visual kind of stuff. And I traveled a lot and then I ended up in a, in education here. And that's probably closely, more closely related to what I actually do yeah. now because I was put really quickly into the editorial department. And I used to work with like academic subject matter experts to kind of get inside their head and unpack their knowledge, but turning into study materials for MBA programs. So Mm -hmm. people, stuff that that students could actually use, right? So bridging that gap between knowledge and making it practice. So I I think that's probably mostly close related to what I do now. Um, However, the, I sort of always had my hand in, you know, that travel writing. So I was, I went into journalism. I ended up going into journalism. I worked as a editor on a travel magazine for a number yeah. of years. Um, and then I was working in a co-working space and yeah. someone put up on Yammer, oh, hey, I'm, I'm writing a book. Uh, is there anyone here who could help? Yeah. I thought, you know what, I can't know how to do that because I've worked with people. I know what it takes to put long form writing together. I know what it takes to write, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I reckon I could do that. And um, and then she had a chance meeting with um, a publisher and I was like, oh, I can help you pitch this because I kind of knew that commercial kind of aspect. And um, so we pitched it and it got picked up and published with John Wiley. Um, and she's Gabrielle Dolan is actually my longest serving client. So I've worked with her on like seven books now. So she was my first that's client. Cool. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> and, uh, she, 
she, she just started recommending me to all these people and so yeah. I, I kind of had all these people coming to me and I was like well I could do this you know like I actually really like it because it's yeah. I got kind of over journalism I got over writing stuff not knowing if anybody had read it not no you know not getting any feedback not working yeah. with people um and then we moved out of the city and and I was sort of I had a child and I was I guess I was going through that phase of yeah what am I going to do next yeah and uh, I thought I wonder what would happen if I just told people I'm only doing books and my husband like banged up like a one page on the website and it just <laughs> nuts there you go. See, the flow was in your favor. It yes. was meant to be. And I know when I was on, I mentioned in your in the introduction that I went onto your website and I was, you know, you've got there, which and I really love, by the way, I've made a note of it here. You know, you in on your website, you said, you know, here's I, and I'm paraphrasing here, but something to the effect of here are some of the places you might have seen my work. And you list all of the books, the incredible books that you've had a part in creating. I thought that's so nice that you've got so much pride and and support of your authors, you know, and that to me, when someone's passionate about their work and happy to showcase it. That's really lovely to me. But anyway, I was on your website and Gabrielle Dolan was one of the names where I went, oh, I recognize that name. That's someone I really admire. So seven books, you said. Yeah, I think, yeah, seven. I think Magnetic Stories was her seven. I sort of start losing count. I think we both like the seventh So good. So good. So, okay. So you, you, Put that one pager up on the website, went gangbusters. And the, how many years ago was that? Was that? Uh, I was about a decade ago now. So when uh, Hooked was the first book I ever worked on, that was when uh, yeah. Gabrielle was with uh, Yamini Nadu. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that was published in 2012 or something like that. So I would have been working on that in 2010 or something something like that yeah okay and now in the bio you call yourself a publishing strategist and developmental editor and I know having looked at your website and looked at the various things that you do there's a variety of different ways that you now work with authors whether it be one-on-one in your academy you know via the resources that you offer which are amazing by the way and we will offer a link to all of those but tell me, what is a publishing strategist and developmental editor? Yeah, it's a good question because I think, um, but by what you would really label me as, I guess, in a general sense is being a book coach these days. Yeah. But when I started doing this, there wasn't really a name for that. Yes. So by training, I'm an editor, right? Yeah. And what happens with editors is people write manuscripts and then they find an editor to help them fix up their words. Yeah. And that's what was happening when I first started. People would come to me and say, here's my manuscript, can you help me? And I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Incomplete. Like, I'm really sorry, but I am not the person to yeah. work with unless you're willing to go back a few steps and rebuild yeah. And I can see the potential in here, but I'm not a straight copy editor. So, so just to give you an idea of, to very briefly in editing, a copy editor is someone who's going to look at and fix up your typos and your language and your sentences, mm-hmm. right? A uh, structural editor is going to look at your structure, moving pieces around, chapters might change, that kind of thing. A developmental editor is looking um, bird's eye view. Right. What is the idea? Yep. Who are we talking to? What are we trying to do with this book? What's the strategy behind it? How, what's a person that we're trying to influence? What is their journey from the beginning of the book to the end of the book? It is a foundational piece to everything, right? So it's like building a house. Yeah. When we build a house, we need to be connected to the water. We're going to have gas. We're going to have a concrete base. We might start with two bedrooms, a kitchen and a bathroom. You have to have a toilet, um, right? We yeah. don't just start going into the sexy stuff, which is yeah. painting the walls and buying the furniture and stuff like yeah. that. But I think the thing is, especially if you have, and this is why for me it's understanding how publishing works, if you have no experience of what an editor does or how publishing works or writing books, yeah, you're going to go away and you're going to do all this stuff in a silo. 
yeah. about actually understanding these initial, like having that foundation. And so people will spend months, years even. I have people coming to me and say, I'll be trying to write this book for two years, three years, four years, I'm stuck. Yeah, And it's like, you know, for four years, they've been going through all of this heartache. Yeah. It's really simple beginning steps that would have like, you know, alleviated all of that at the start, but they just didn't know how to do that. So yeah. then you launch really quickly into writing. Yeah. Understanding. Let, let's build it. It's like um the other analogy I like to use, like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Because it's all about just solving problems. Yeah. The issue is with a book, you don't have the end picture. You know, when you do a jigsaw yeah. puzzle and you know what you're working towards? Yeah. You don't have that yet. So you've yeah. got to build up your puzzle pieces and work out how they'll fit together and then that picture forms through it. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this is why with my approach as well, and we'll go back to the developmental, um, a lot of what I teach is different. It's not about what content goes in. It's about working what stays out, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. as a first-time author especially, yeah, what are you going to try and do? Yeah. Jam everything that you know into one book. Impossible. And a book at its heart, is simple, specific. Mm. It solves one clear issue. You know, in, in a lot of ways, I should be able to skim read it in an hour because may and, and be able to go back to things, right? So people yeah. try and put way too much into it and stick at this superficial level. Yeah. And people can't, it's like, oh my God, if you've got an issue, yeah. like, I don't know, how to write a great speech or whatever. And then you tell people everything that you've ever learned about all these great speech writing right. things that you know. I'm not going to be able to actually implement based on that. But if you yeah. tell me in a really succinct way, you know, two or three really good ways for me to write a great speech and you, you know, drop in at a deep level, you get in-depth yeah. in that, I'm going to be able to implement something. Wow. You know, I don't have to learn everything about that topic in one book. Yes, I love, and, and it might be that you have three books. And coming back to your analogy of the the building the foundation of the house before doing all the sexy stuff, so I have something embarrassing to admit because, like many I, I, experts, if you will, or thought leaders, I've had lots of different book ideas. So what I do is I go straight to sexy. I go and get a cover designed so that I can put it up on my vision board and I can't tell you how many covers I've had designed and I, I changed my mind quickly. So that analogy really resonated with me. So I think the best place for us to go from there is for me to ask you, assuming someone has the faintest idea of what they want to do, what would you suggest are the steps? What? How do you build that foundation to set you up for success? Yeah, okay. So in brief, the the process, like there's like kind of five phases that you're going to go through. And the first stage is that strategic piece. Why are you doing it? What are you doing it for? Where are you going to fit in the market? Even if you're not going to fit on a bookshelf, you still need to understand who's approaching this topic in what way. How does the publishing industry work? Pardon? Do you mean when you say that, do you mean looking at what's on the shelf right now and going, that's kind of like the book I want to write. And that's, and this is the, that, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Competitor. We call it competitor comparison titles, right? Comp titles. And it's really important. You do market research. The issue is for some people, they'll over research, right? And -hmm. if you're overwhelmed by the process of a book and you're like, "Mm, I really want to do it, but do I have enough to say blah, blah, blah? What will happen is you'll go into a research rabbit warren where you'll be like, oh, my God, everybody's already said what I want to say. Yeah. Right? So it's a really important step. But you so, so again, for me, it's about shifting it. It's about entering into a conversation. It's not yeah. about competing with other people. I want you to understand that look at your bookshelf, like look at yours behind you, Carly. I know. No one ever buys one book on one topic. No, exactly. You buy several books because you're interested in it yeah. and you get different experiences and you pick and change from those. 
it's not a full suite solution. So in actual fact, if you look at a marketplace, this this is really good when you go if you're thinking about traditional publishing. If if there people go, oh nobody's ever written my book, so I have to write it, right? So for a publisher particularly, it's like if no one's written the book, no one's buying it. <laughs> okay, so that's not a good angle to go into. A so if your book, if you are in a saturated marketplace, people are interested in and buying your topic, which means you must write your book. So it's a totally different way of looking at the thing that holds most people back from 100%. writing. 100%. We go, what's that? Like, why should I write that? It's like, because look at, and I think people tend to go when they look at competitor comparison, they'll look at Marie Folio and James Clare and all the big names, the big US names who are selling millions of books, blah, blah, blah. They're great, right? And they, they're they great at getting, but, but for a lot of people, if you think about, you know, a lot of impact is closer to home. Yes. Right. So we try, and this is, this is a classic when you start thinking about who you read it for. My book is for everybody. They might be doing this. They might be doing that. They might be doing this. It's like as soon as you try and make your work have reach mm. and try and capture everybody, you basically have nothing. So yeah. Seth Godin is really actually quite great in this area. You know, if you listen to any of his marketing stuff, yeah, you've got to go micro, not yeah. macro, because if you're actually solving an issue for an actual person, yeah, as a result of that, it's like a ripple effect. Yes. So when yeah. you're looking at those comp titles, Kelly, so we're, we're starting with strategy. That was your first step. The the why, the you know, who's reading it, where are they buying it. You know, where do you fit in the bookshelf? And, and we're talking about the comp titles and who, when you're trying to sell that into a publisher, you want to show them that there's a market. It's a market that people are really interested in. Would you use examples of here are five New York Times bestselling uh, books on this topic? Or do you think it's better to go, hey, in the last 12 months, here are five books that have been published on this topic that have done reasonably well. Like, okay, okay, I'm going to flip this. I'll flip it to answer it because this is where it's like journalism. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So and I'll give you a really good example of when I was an editor working for a travel magazine. So I worked for an international travel magazine and I did like, you know, one of those speed pitching events. I had people pitching me all their stories. Everybody yeah. wants to write in travel, you know. So you got so many people, thousands of yeah. submissions. And I had this, you know, this this woman come up to me and she pitched me a story on the Dandenongs in Melbourne. And immediately I looked at her and I was like, we're an international magazine. We don't write on anything in Australia. So that told me yeah. immediately, you haven't even read the publication you're pitching for. It is like a red flag straight there. But read it, you know, like it's like eject. Yeah. Like that. It's the same yeah. in publishing. If you give me five titles, all New York Times bestsellers, all put out by, um, I don't know, Big Wig US. It's like, okay, so have you actually looked at who I am as a publisher? Why? Why? You need to understand publishers. You need to understand all of them have different markets. They're looking for different things. They've got different categories. You got to do your homework, and you know a successful pitch is understanding exactly who you're pitching to, knowing that your book fits in with their titles, and being able to say and and reversing the dynamic because there's a lot of romanticism in publishing, yeah. right? We yeah. all think, and and this is this is the thing that I want people to know, especially with that, you know, the fear, the overwhelm. Can I do this? No one can ever validate you, your work, and your worth. Yeah. You have to validate that yourself. Yeah. And in the traditional publishing landscape, we're looking to other people to validate us. Because if they yeah. say, we love your book and we want to publish it, you yeah. get that warm and fuzzy feeling. Yeah. Right? But actually, you need to be going and saying, this is what I'm writing. This is where the market is. This is what I'm doing. This is how it works in my business. If blah, 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 blah. Are you the person to help me? Yeah, work with me to get that out to the world because yeah. I think we'd make a really great team and partnership for this reason, yeah. this reason, this reason. It's a totally different energy when you say it like that. So, okay, just using a re not real life but sort of real life example. Let's say Wiley, right? Wiley is 
is known to be a leader in the space of business and nonfiction. So when, and we're coming back to this idea of comp titles and you're saying know the publisher that you're pitching for. And I know we're going deep in this particular part of it, but I think it would be interesting to a lot of people who are thinking about publishing a book or exploring it. And I will ask you about self-publishing later, but are you saying then instead of coming to them and saying, here are five massive US authors from the big wig publishers, like you said, I should be going in and saying, hey, here are five books that you've published in the last 12 months. I'd say don't pick all by that one publisher because you still need to understand what other people, like everybody's looking at everybody else. Everybody's putting out, putting out different things. Yeah. And, and the thing with comp titles that you've got to remember is publishers use that data. They go into the data, into the book sales data, and they go, that book sold that many copies. Yeah, and we won't know. So this is actually quite a big seller. Mm. Um, and, and if we, yeah, if they can see that that book will sit next to that one, then that's a pretty good indicator for them that it's going to be successful. But I mean, it's a whole load of bunch of, sorry, it should be Australian. Yeah, I think I think it's about like uh, having a mix. Like, don't don't um, because. I think the the thing to realize is people automatically, it's the same with like expanding your reach. People automatically go global. I want you into the US, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You still have to understand in publishing, especially in Australia, it, it works within Australia and New Zealand first because they still, right, even global publishers have to pitch their books into the US market. Yes. People get this wrong. Yes. They, they realize this. So you think it's an automatic shoe-in? Yeah. So, 99% of the time, publishers will give you a contract Australian, New Zealand base. Yes. And I've had, um, I've actually had someone, um, you know, come back to me after they submitted the manuscript. They actually, the publisher came to them and said, this was Mark Wales, um, the Survivor book. Mark Wales was yeah. the guy that um, won Survivor last year. Yeah. Um, they came back to him and said, oh, we want to change the contract. Yeah. Because we can see now how we can get it into uh, the US and they actually changed the contract because that, that was on the table earlier. Amazing. But most publishers will play, like publishing is all about risk. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a risk assessment. So that's why it's all about, you know, people stress about social media following and numbers and stuff like that and it's kind of all about the numbers but it isn't about the numbers. Like you, you have to understand there's, you know, it's a cutthroat industry. There's only yeah. going to a bookshop. There's a really limited. This, this will lead into self-publishing. The really limited space on a bookshelf. And yeah. now with the, you know, with where we're at with self-publishing, you literally have thousands of titles coming out all of the time, vying for that space. Yeah. And Australia is small. In comparison yeah. to you know like like the US market and stuff you know it's very small volumes that we're shifting, um, and it, like that so you've got all of this competition yeah. for a really small space. So of course part that you know with publishers they've got to pay their bills, yeah. they've got to pay their staff, yeah, they've makes got sense. resources, start you know so that that is why they're looking for you know books that they know that they can sell and make a profit back. So it's hard um, in the traditional sense, much harder these days yeah. because taking a book on that's risky, yeah, they may not make any any money back from that. Yeah, fair enough. And look, I, I'm loving this so much and I really do think this would be adding so much value to people because I, there's definitely two types of, from my perspective, experts, thought leaders, there is definitely a, the type of author or the type of expert that thinks, you know, my, my book is the first of its kind and, you know, no one's ever written anything like this before. And like you said, they don't think of it like a business. They don't come at it with any clear strategy, but there's just this romantic idea of sitting at their, their computer and looking out to a vista and writing this incredible book. And it's there is obviously so much more that needs to go into it before you even start writing. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just so, so. 
And you've got on your website, you've got the book screening canvas. Would that help in that strategy piece? Oh, it's the first step for anything before you even get to strategy. So this is what I recommend authors do before they even start thinking about why. Because you're right, we could, you know, if we go back to that, you're going to start trying to put everything you know into one book. Yeah. So what this tool does is it's really quick, you know, it's built on the the, the canvas tool that we're yeah. that you know you'd be familiar with with businesses and stuff. Quick, easy, right? It's just designed for you to get multiple ideas out of your yeah. head onto a page. Yeah. Because it's easier to work with ideas and words when it's on a page than if it's in your head. Yes. So you you can use this tool multiple times in terms of understanding what are the the, the kind of nine key things that you'd have to think about yep. in, in terms of your book. And then you can use it to prioritize and work out those ideas because quite often the book we want to write, we're not quite ready for. Yeah. We may have to work through and do this book first. Yeah. Which will then get us to that That's next right. step. So, but actually having it on a piece of paper, understanding um, you know, the the objective, the audience, the platform that you've got for this and stuff like that. It it helps you um order and prioritize it. What, you know, what what is my knowledge now? Do I need to go off and actually do be able to do research to do yeah. this idea? In which case, you know, that might add a whole bunch of stuff to your timeline. So maybe you're not ready for that yet. Yeah. You know, like you can order these things before you start thinking about. And then that means, okay, I'm going to this is the book that makes most sense for me going forward. Um, and you can start to develop out that why behind it. But I think you also have to realize a couple of things. Writing is an iterative process. Mm-hmm. So the idea you start with on your book canvas at the start will likely look nothing like your book at the end. Yes. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Yes. But if you don't have, if you haven't formulated this, you never have a guide that you come back to to say to give you so so for me I think people look to editors for answers I mean it's a really great example I'm running this nail it now class with my authors in the in the community on Saturday and so um you know 10 authors have stuck up their hands for for feedback like a you know initial feedback on their idea some of them have done like um, some draft of the manuscript. Some of them have done it all. But it's the first time they've ever got any kind of objective feedback on it. Mm. And um, it's just really interesting, that process um, and the fears that come up through that. But if you've always got ideas stuck in your head, then you never have anything to work through to find the potential in something. Yes, yeah, yeah, that makes, makes So sense. no ideas are bad, Yeah, right? I've never worked on a book where I haven't been able to make it better because it's actually yeah. just about what's the thing in there, how's it going to help you, how's it going to get to your objective and, and making a pathway based on that. Mm-hmm. But it's really not about me I think a lot of people you know value my feedback so much but I think what I'm trying to tell them is I'm just feeding up based on who you've told me your reader is yes yeah yeah (laughs) and and it would vary and it will throw up so many questions in that process yeah it's like any kind of business coaching you never go to a business coach and expect on the first session when they meet you that they're going to tell you hey you need to do this 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 and this yeah right they ask you so many questions and you go away and you're like well oh my god there's so much I hadn't think thought of yet so it's the process of iteration to get to the right kind of but you're always making something better through that and I think for me that's why uh, the worst ideas are just ones that stay in your head and you never actually do anything about. So if, you know, you go back to the start and you were talking about people who have books in their hearts, Yeah, I, everybody I work with has a book in their heart, like they want to yeah. do it. And actually it's usually a red flag for me when people are like, yeah, I want to do my book. I know exactly what I'm writing. I've got four months to do this, you know, blah, 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 because they are usually the people who disappear. Yeah. Anybody who has any hesitations about it and they're like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Enough to say, blah, blah, blah. I think like that mindset, they're the ones that put out great work. Like I'm just thinking of Mark Berridge, 
he wrote this book of Fractions Stronger, which is a really great kind of cross between memoir, personal story, and then learning lessons for, for a reader. Yeah. Um, it's about a, you know, he basically got told he was never going to walk again. He's so many awards for this book. And I remember the first day, like, like I reckon for two weeks, I was just coaching him saying, it's okay, you can do this. And look at him It's now. okay. Just follow yeah. the steps, follow the process, yeah. show up, you can do it. Yeah. Love it. Oh, that's a great success story. Now, you rightly pointed out that when I was speaking to you about publishing, you, I, the next question would be the self-publishing. And firstly, I want, want to go in two directions or two questions out of that. I am assuming that whether you go down the traditional route or the self-publishing route, this piece around strategy and foundation is non-negotiable either way. Non-negotiable. Process stays the same no matter what. This is where people go wrong because they think the first question they have to answer is, do I get self-published or go with a publisher? You can't answer that until you know why you're publishing. Right. Because you've got to have that fit, right? And that's why self-publishing is not second best. Right. Mm-hmm. It just is not that way these days. And and you've got to get really clear on what those goals are and what your objectives are. Because uh, you know, a, a classic example is, you know, people who want to sell lots of books, you know, and you're paying, yeah. you know, thirty dollars for a book. Think of how many books you've got to sell at thirty dollars to make a profit back, especially if you're only getting one or two dollars from a publisher. Yeah. Um, so I've got a client and he sells his book from the back of the room, thirty dollars. It costs him like, I don't know, five bucks to print his book. So he's getting $25 in his back pocket every single time. And he goes through like 200 boxes every speaking gig he does. On top of that, he's using his book to get 30, 40, 50 going contracts in organizations. So if you think about, and I think this is really good in terms of ROI. Yeah. Because yes, you do have to invest it. This is a product. So you have to invest in something to get this product, right? And it yeah. might take you 12 months, eight months, whatever it is, till you get it in your hands. Yeah. You go, well, is it worth me investing in this? Man, you can spend 20 grand on a website these days. And then you've constantly got to like update it. And, you know, it's not a connection piece in the same way a book is. Yeah. Um, and, and you could get that. Let's just say you spent 20 grand on your book. Um, th- that's one speaking gig. So is that the, is that a question that you're answering in the strategy? So in terms of that the, that step process, is that built into the strategy piece, or is it we do the strategy, and then we make that ne- the next step is deciding what publishing, or is the publishing piece right at the end? So Where- for me, you hate, you need to publishing is not uh, it's not black and white. It's not do I self publish traditional publish there's lots of gray area now there's hybrid publishing in australia there's heaps of people posing as publishers but it's not it's hybrid yeah i'd I'd classify anything hybrid where it's like a fee for service yeah um right but then a lot of people spend heaps of money and they get nothing back Mm -hmm. now i had an author come to me she'd been working with me for quite a while she's like you know i did one of those compilation um, you know when you're you and i paid like 10 grand for it's never sold a copy Oh my God. Right. So there's a lot of like this, that this stuff. So you need to know how to navigate because there's so much stuff. You need to know trusted people. You need to know trusted things. And that's where that publishing strategist part of my work comes in because I'm quite different. So a lot of book coaches are authors already and they'll coach you through the process that they know and use. Yeah. I'm an editor. So I'm actually coming at it already from a different perspective in terms of understanding structure and logical cohesion of ideas and reader and business and all these other different things. Um, but also what I've done through the course of my career is make direct connect relationships into publishing houses yeah, with PR people, with the people that you need and these other parts that yeah. you need to understand to get your book out there. And I bring that into my community and open up the avenue for people because, you know, like we said before, you've got writing groups here and this and that. Publishing's a gated community. So for me, I want to draw that back and open that up for people. Um, And so people get those direct relationships. I work a bit like, you know, in that kind of way. It's like being a literary agent. Yes. Um, I'm not interested in making money from people's books. It's just about finding the right home, oh, yeah, for the right work if it's a match. 
Um, but but people, you know, self-publishing is such a viable option. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean that your book is second best. I think we still have our ego wrapped up with that. Yes, there's the vanity publishing, right? Um, yeah, but it's not, you just need to know how to make, like we all sniff out the difference between a shitty self-published book and yeah. one that's been taken care of. Like it could have been, you know, still have a logo on that and that's that's the same quality, yeah. if not better than any publishing house could put out. Absolutely. absolutely. Okay, so I want to come back to that, but I don't want us to get lost on the steps. So coming back to you've got this semblance of an idea, strategy first, and then where do we have to go? So after you've done strategy, that's when you start thinking about structure. Okay. So you need to understand how a book's structured. Yeah. But I will say then dig down into how a chapter's structured. Mm. Right? So you're, you're, you're breaking down a task from this yep. 50,000 word thing into chunks. Yeah. Right? And then and, and you're organizing by chunks. So when you understand structure, it's kind of like understanding the rules. Yeah. Understand the rules, you can break the rules. So for me it's all about helping people how um, how how things work, knowing the logic around that. And then and then if you feel like that doesn't work for you, you can break it, but you have a reason and you know why you're breaking it. That's the difference yeah. between winging it and hoping for the best. Yes. And actually knowing consciously, I've made this decision because. Yes, yeah. Right? It's a really big difference. Yeah. Um, so this isn't like when I work through structure, it's not a one-page outline that you've hashed out on a Sunday. Yeah. this is. Right? A, it's not about a back of a napkin. Yeah. You're using it to formulate a very detailed plan before you start writing. Before you start writing, before you even put a word down on paper, you have this very clear structure. So that might iterate and it might change as you start writing, but at least you've consciously thought, thought through things. It's like, you know, it's like doing a presentation. Many, many of your clients this year, you know, you don't just stand up on a stage and talk and do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got to formulate things. That's why TED Talks have a structure to the way they talk. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so you just need to understand that and have that foundation in place. And interestingly for me, and I think this is why, you know, it's important um, with my work in, in the fact that I'm an editor, structure is everything. The foundational pieces are everything. That's why you don't have to be a good writer to write a good book because that's what copy editors are for. Yeah. Right? They can help you finesse your words, your language. Yeah. They'll help you make you sound good, right? But they can't, they can't do that unless they understand the objective of the book and who who it's for and all of those types of things and have like that structure already in place. So that's where, yes. you know, it, it, if you get that right, um, I've got a really good woman in my group and we were talking about the Lonely Planet books. Yeah. You know, she used to work at Lonely Planet. It's so formulaic. Yeah. Right? It's so formulaic. But that's what works. It's like having a formula for something. Yeah. Um, so every book I've ever worked on has undergone exactly the same process, exactly the same system, exactly the same structure. But if you look at the contents pages of them, none of them look the same in the end. That's right. right. And that's where your natural voice comes in, your topic, yeah. your reader. Um, you, you have, it's about creating a container for people to be able to then make it work for them and bring their flair and their flavour and stuff to, mm -hmm. to it. I'm sure there would have been a lot of people whose shoulders relaxed when you said that because, like, it may what well, certainly made me realize that writing a book is a team sport. It's yeah. not necessarily just you on your your laptop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm really big on this, <laughs> right? Because I think, you know, the stereotypes of writing, I mean, this is, you know, when you ask me about my background and my story, it's lonely being a freaking writer, right? You'll write something and then you send it off to an editor and you'll be lucky if you get thanks. So, like, did you read it? Was it any good? Like, when's it going out? Is it, and then it goes in a magazine and you never, like, you, you never know who's reading it or what. It's so... uh 
dissatisfying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is you and your bubble and you put all this effort into something and you've probably, you know, gone through endless cups of tea and stuff like that. Writing shouldn't be like that. It doesn't have to be a chore. And I think as people, you know, business people in particular, uh, we tend to sit down at a laptop and we've got our suit and our tie on or whatever and we're, you know, we we approach it like we would any kind of corporate piece of work. And all you end up doing is writing to the pseudo person in your head mm. and stripping your natural writing voice out. So for me, it's all about being able to show up authentically, which means don't make writing a freaking chore. Have yeah, fun. Enjoy Be in an environment with people who are going through the same where it's enjoying because when you're enjoying something you'll turn up you'll do it more all it is is a process of practicing so you know 95 percent of the people I work with they're stuck in their offices and they've got no one to bounce Mm. idea and hubby doesn't understand yeah you know and you're talking like then he's like "Mm, yeah okay you know I'll I'll go and get you another cup like there's no understanding so you need to actually be with other authors you need to be with people who are going through the same process of as you yeah Um, you need to have that feedback loop and that um community around you of diverse experiences so for me I found you know it's not about me it's actually about the other the connections that I make between authors you need to be with people who are at the same level as you, just beginning, yeah. so you feel like you're not behind. Yeah. yeah. But you equally need to be with the people who are two or three steps or already have books because yeah. they're going to tell you how to get there. <laughs> well, or don't do that. This is what I found really hard. Don't do this. Here are the <laughs> this didn't work for me, but yeah. this did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, um, that, yes, that makes a lot of sense because when I think of writing a book, I immediately see myself in my office on my own in the echo chambers of my mind and you're right if you enjoy the process and you're having fun through the whole process you're going to more likely turn up and do it now Kelly I've realized we are already over time and you you potentially have your clients waiting for you uh for your next session so I'm not sure how much longer you have or we can keep talking because I feel like we're just getting into it, which suggests to me that we might need even a part two to this conversation. <laughs> what I do part two is so people can digest it. Yeah, exactly. Give you questions that we can yeah, yeah we can yeah. dig into. Because what I know for sure I'm walking away from this conversation with is two very clear things. One is a book is a product unto itself and you almost have to look at it and approach it like a mini business and really get clear about what is the purpose of this book? Who is it for? How are you going to sell it? And all of those things that come with that. So a real business framework and mindset. And then the second thing I'm really walking away with from this conversation with is that structure is everything. And 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 that those two things I feel would feed into each other because when you're really clear on who you're talking to, then that structure piece would make would be a lot easier to come to because you you know here are the problems this person's facing here are some of the solutions to those problems here are some of the things that I've learned to those so that just makes sense as well what I'm also taking away which I thought was really fascinating and I know there'd be a lot of people here who would be thinking this as well is that whole point of there's one it's a genre but there's different genres within the genre and that comes back to what's this actually for, which comes back to the strategy. Yeah, and structure will be influenced by that too because a memoir is structured really differently from a business book. Well, seems quite, yeah, a little differently. Yeah, so there's, and there's so much, but I know that we have, look, I'm looking at my questions. I've got maybe... 20 more. So we definitely need a part two, but I agree if we end up giving them all too much, their minds will explode and we might get them into that zone of, oh my God, I still can't do it. So I think where we're at is a really good place for them to start. Yeah, I think so. And I think if let's do a part two and between now and the part two, download the book canvas and give it a go. Yeah. Because what we've talked about today will come to life and you'll actually be able to see and formulate what's there. 
Yes. Um, And then the second conversation will then take that deeper. I love that idea. And I'm going to do the book. I actually downloaded the book canvas before our conversation, obviously, because I wanted it to inspire my questions. But I think that's a great idea. So I will do the book screening canvas. Everyone who's listening who wants to write a book, I will give you the link. It will be in the email to this when I'm launching this episode as well. Do it. And then let's do part two with Kelly. And then beyond that, I'm sure you'll all want to work with her, whether it's one-on-one or in a group and have a writing party. So it's more exciting to go <laughs> your lonely little office. <laughs> so let's let's do that, Kelly. Let's do a part two. But I just want to say to you, thank you so much. The work that you do is so incredibly valuable because you know, which inspires a lot of the work that I do. It's so sad to think that there's amazing ideas stuck within individuals who, you know, maybe don't know how to write the book or they need someone like Kelly, like you, to go, this is how you do it. And 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 you're supporting them in doing that and their information is having a ripple effect in their communities. So thank you for the work you do. Thank you for the time you've spent in sharing that with us today. And I'm sincerely looking forward to part two i will be chasing you on that we've now made a public <laughs> promise everyone who's listening public so, accountability um, it's, yeah, it's the yeah. best thing as well about telling yeah. people you're writing a book so you, go. you tell people that as well it's done it's <laughs> in the bag great wins yeah we'll set a date and we'll make it happen so thank you so much for for being here with me today welcome carly awesome pleasure to be here bye i hope you enjoyed this podcast If you did, share what you learned and help others find the podcast by leaving a review. If you would like to attend the next virtual class in real time, be sure to sign up to the invite list via carlylion.com or the link in the show notes below. I look forward to having you at the next class.